It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome all to a bracket-busting edition of the Two Point Stance. Welcome, everybody. I'm Brian Drake. Find me on Twitter at Drake Fantasy. Hanging out with my boy, Joe Dolan, on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, it's the funnest time of the year. It's March Madness. It's baseball's about to get going. But it's NFL free agency. And the free agency frenzy is upon us. The tampering period went down. And, you know, it, it, that's the biggest joke in all the sports is the tampering period. And then every deal gets leaked. But... We've got so much fun to talk about today because we basically took the snow globe that is the NFL, we shook it all up, and by a trade or signing, we've got all these big-time players going to different places, so it's going to be a blast, man. How is free agency treating you at FantasyPoints.com as the managing editor having to publish all these fantastic articles? It's been busy, um, but it's been great. Graham Barfield's doing a great job with the fantasy fallout. Um, we're recording shows, you know, Brett Whitefield has been a machine with the on the clock podcast, which you can subscribe to. I mean, well, if you're listening to this, hopefully you're subscribed to the podcast feed or if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, um, certainly uh, something where you it, it's audio only, but you want to subscribe to that a different guest every day. Um, but Drake, I have to backpedal one second. Oh, boy. You're missing one of my favorite events of this weekend. Uh, is March- there a bowling tournament? No, March Madness. What in the world is that? The NCAA Wrestling Championship. Oh, Penn State. I'm a huge wrestling fan, so I'm down. Well, well, yeah, like, uh, but, but, like, you're, you're. There's no steel chairs to the back at this one. No, unfortunately, no. Although, uh, no, Penn State's got the best wrestling program, and I didn't know shit about college wrestling, um, you know, or high school wrestling. I did like ten years ago. I didn't even know how to score the sport. And then Penn State hired Kale Sanderson, um, who's, I, I think, regarded as one of, if not the greatest collegiate wrestler of all time as their head coach. And they've just built a dynasty. Um, and since then, I've become a fan of, of watching college wrestling. Um, not like obsessive, but I love it. Um, unfortunately, they have it the same weekend as the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament, which is always the craziest time for the tournament. But um, but yeah, I entered a, I entered a wrestling uh, pool. I'm in. Oh my kinds. god. Oh yeah. So uh, uh, this is a gambling, just absolute frenzy this weekend. I love it. Um, but then of course, then uh, you know, my day job is the NFL and 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 producing content for the nfl as we are doing here so uh i don't think anybody needs to know that but uh yeah a huge weekend of sports and we actually scheduled the podcast around uh my nittany lines not exactly known as a basketball school um but we are in the ncaa tournament for the first time since 2011 um and uh we play tonight at basically 10 o'clock uh, against texas a&m so i gotta i gotta stay up for that and and, and watch that what are you drinking for the game more importantly uh, uh, I will be having some bourbon for the game. Um, yeah, that will be that. That's I'll, I'll, uh, that, that, that's my, that's my poison. Um, and uh, will that will be what I'm drinking more or less bourbon. If they're, uh, if they're winning late in the second half, um, probably more. Um, I'm not going to get too, too 
tuned up. But uh, yeah, I like uh, uh, it, the one thing I have to watch though is is I have an oral fixation. So like mm. when I'm doing something, I'm like, and it's not like you're not you're not <laughs> processing it, Joe. You gotta slow down, man. I gotta I gotta do that. But it'll be fun tonight um, after we talk uh, some free agency, of course. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this on a St. Patrick's Day. Cheers and uh, be safe out there. Uh, what, 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 what beer are you drinking there? I got a little Prison City out of Auburn, New York, suburb of okay. Syracuse. It's a very good uh, New England IPA. I'm that guy that goes into the mix six pack section at the supermarket, takes all the real expensive beers, and then slides them into the much cheaper six pack case. I'm not paying $18.99 for this four pack. Sorry, Wegmans. Sorry. Uh, no, but they'll, I'm not. They'll, they'll deal with it. They can deal. Yeah. Well, well, I'm not an IPA guy, so. Oh, love it. If you got a favorite beer, I want it in the YouTube comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, tell me what your favorite beers are or bourbons because okay, I am a bourbon so, salesman by trade. Um, my favorite beer um, is something that I haven't had in years. And although they apparently call it an IPA, Founders Red's Rye is probably the best beer I've ever had. I thought it was very drinkable, and I haven't seen it in years. So, Founders Red's Rye—that's my—that—that—that's that, probably uh, one of my favorites. Uh, if I find any, I'll ship it down to you. And uh, I'm not paying $18.99 for a four-pack, but some of the guys we're going to talk about can because they just got paid, my friend. So let's start things off with the Chicago Bears. They traded away the number one pick to the Carolina Panthers, who also tossed in DJ Moore. And Moore will now fill out a receiving core in Chicago that now features Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, and the recently signed Big Bob Tanyan. So not bad. Something for Justin Fields to work with. So what do you make of this new offense in Chicago for Justin Fields? Is this actually a downgrade for DJ Moore? It's hard for me to say it's a downgrade for Moore just because his quarterback play has been so bad in his career already. I mean, the best quarterback he's played with is Teddy Bridgewater. That's not great. That's, that's not great. Uh, Justin Fields is coming off his second NFL season. And I think if people are looking for Justin Fields to make a progression, I think the, the the comparison people are going to make is Jalen Hurts. Got in, you know, played sparingly as a rookie. Um, in his first full year as a starter, things weren't great. Didn't have the greatest weapons. Hurts at least had Devontae Smith in his first full year as a starter. Um and obviously made plays with their legs. And then Jalen Hurts just made an unbelievable leap and became a, a legitimately good to very good passer in his third year. And Justin Fields has more physical ability than Jalen Hurts does as a thrower. Um, but the numbers on Justin Fields underlying, um, not great, uh, Drake, from a potential fantasy standpoint for DJ Moore, but it's hard for me to downgrade DJ Moore because the quarterback play has been so bad for him. Uh, Graham Barfield did a great job breaking this move down. Obviously, the Bears averaged 10 fewer passes per game than the NFL average last year. And Justin Fields was on target uh, on 20 on 78.5% uh, of his throws had a catchable throw. That was the fifth lowest rate in the entire NFL. Um, uh, sixth lowest, rather. Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, Marcus Mariota, Davis Mills, and the Injured Matthew Stafford had a lower percentage of catchable throws. So Justin Fields, it is a fact right now to say Justin Fields is a bad passer. 
That does not mean that he will that he will continue to be. He's a talented sure. guy. They had they're improving the offensive line, and he had horrible weapons last year, especially after Darnell Mooney got hurt. But for now, for DJ Moore, I think if you're betting on Moore, you're betting on this whole offense taking a big step forward. And I think that is a fair bet to make, especially if you were somebody who believed in the talent of Justin Fields and doesn't believe he's being insulated the way that a young quarterback needs to be insulated. DJ Moore's underdog ADP right now is 41. Uh, They've already updated with his new team and everything. And and we're going to sprinkle in some of that fantasy points data. You're going to be hearing that a lot in the coming months because it's a major initiative for fantasypoints.com. And there was just some great, great work that Brett Whitefield and his team did over at Fantasy Points. Yet another reason you should be subscribing to fantasypoints.com. Well, let's keep going with this team. So everything we're going to talk about here kind of weaves its way around from one team to another. And uh, the Bears also moved on from David Montgomery, who signed a three-year, $18 million deal with the Detroit Lions, 11 of those 18 being guaranteed. Now, Montgomery is going to assume the lead back duties with DeAndre Swift in a complimentary role. The NFL's leading rusher in terms of touchdowns, Jamal Williams, he skipped town to go to the Saints. And uh, just prior to going on air, the Bears announced the signing of former Panther uh, Deonta Foreman. So we got Deonta Foreman in this backfield with Khalil Herbert. I just drafted Khalil Herbert in legit like the fifth round of a best ball draft, thinking I got the steal of the century. And now we're going to throw Deonta Foreman in here, who looked great, let's be honest, last year when nobody thought he was going to be looking good coming off that uh, the Achilles injury that nobody comes back from. What do you make of this Bears backfield with Herbert and Foreman? Um, I want to see if they make a potential move in the draft. I think that's, uh, certainly something that they can do. They picked up a ton of draft capital in the trade, uh, with Carolina, um, Montgomery moving on, you know, clear Herbert hasn't done it for a full season. Deontay Foreman's a veteran, but has been kind of more of a rotational back, not somebody who's going to contribute in the passing game. Um, and this is one of those backfields, Drake, that I want to see how it shakes out ADP-wise because I'll probably be drafting the cheaper guy who I certainly presume is going to be Deontay Foreman at this point. I'm, I don't think the money on his deal suggests he's even maybe even a lock to make this team. Um, but that's somebody who I think um, I'll be totally fine having with a 12th, 13th round ADP. You know they're going to run the football. You know, it's just like, yeah, did Jalen Hurts improve as a passer exponentially this year? He did. But the Mm -hmm. Eagles still ran the football because when you have a Jalen Hurts or you have a Justin Fields, that is going to be part of your identity. So I think Deontay Foreman is somebody who will end up on quite a few best ball teams. Bears don't make a significant move at the running back position, but I understand why folks might be really excited about Khalil Herbert. He was somebody who was creating some big plays in the backfield, had some usable weeks when – when David Montgomery was injured. And uh, I think Khalil Herbert is somebody who showed enough that the bears were comfortable moving on from David Montgomery. Khalil Herbert's ADP on underdog 93.5. Oh, bastard. I thought I was going to get such a deal there. Uh, What are you going to do? So we mentioned David Montgomery, Joe, and per fantasy points data, Montgomery led the league in missed tackles forced per attempt at 0.31. That's among 42 running backs with at least 100 carries. So in that same sample of running backs, he finished, though, with the worst explosive play rate. His teammate last year, Khalil Herbert, had double that rate, uh, 3.1%, which ranked in the top 15. So Khalil Herbert is a shifty little guy if we can get uh, the ball in his hands. So 
as our good pal John Hansen likes to call him, Stonewall Montgomery uh, now moves on and takes over the lead role in Detroit. I mean, doesn't this just say we're kind of done with DeAndre Swift? Like, I'm tired of people drafting him as like a number one back in fantasy. Like, it it ain't happening. I'm done with this guy. I'm out. Anybody else can have him but me. So um, this is, again, what's going to happen with DeAndre Swift's ADP? Because I think David Montgomery getting the contract he got, and it's unfortunate that this is what qualifies as a lot for a running back, but it does. Three-year deal, a multi-year deal is a good deal for running back in this day and age. I think people are going to see that money, and everybody's going to come to the same conclusion. They're sick of DeAndre Swift. David Montgomery can play on three downs. Even though he's had some injury problems himself, he's managed to battle through them, maybe get back on the field a little bit earlier than anticipated. Meanwhile, Swift's injury uh, it seemed to linger, which is a problem. But I think David Montgomery is just a, a huge, great fit for what they do. He's probably just – Jamal Williams is a good grinding back who can contribute in the, in the passing game, can contribute in third downs. I think they view David Montgomery very clearly as a better version of Jamal Williams. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that there is was a million times where David Montgomery got literally tackled at the one-yard line. Uh, yeah. The guy led the league in it. Uh, I mean, if you look at, let's see, PPR totals, you know, people are going to look at, oh, you know, I think DeAndre Swift, he had a good year. And when he's healthy and he's out there and you know, we average 13 points a game in PPR. But I mean, how many weeks did we look at DeAndre Swift out there and we're like, yeah, great. He had 26 points in the first week. And then, then there's, you know, the six point weeks and the three point weeks. And, oh, he scores a fluke, one random touchdown. Like he's just not in the game enough. His utilization isn't where we want to see it. Uh, and let's be honest for David Montgomery, for all the jokes we like to make about him, this Detroit team has a better offensive line than Chicago. They're going to score more points, uh, you know, and he's going to be the goal line back. Uh, we know that because obviously DeAndre Swift's not. They have zero intention of putting him at the goal line. So I think we talked about boring running backs in some of our prior shows, and Miles Sanders fell into that last year. I think David Montgomery can kind of be that boring guy this year. His ADP is 108. DeAndre Swift's 57 right oh, now. That's I mean, Drake, not only is that going to, to close – I don't. I don't think. I don't think Swift will be a ninth round pick the way Montgomery is now. I. I think this is going to flip. I think Montgomery is going to be drafted ahead of DeAndre Swift when yeah. all is said and done. I think he might end up being a fourth round pick. As somebody who has David Montgomery uh, in the fantasy points uh, dynasty league, I have him in a dynasty league uh, for the site. Um, very rarely do I like seeing a running back hit free agency if I have him in dynasty because we know how teams operate around the league now you know they want these rotations of these running backs they want multiple guys this to me was a great move i'm like all right david montgomery is probably going to have the same role he had in chicago on just all the points you just made a better offense like they only the chiefs had more drives enter the red zone than the than the lions last year only the chiefs okay the Lions offensive line opened the third most yards before contact on running plays last year. They just brought back Graham Glasgow. Like they've got depth on that line. They've got Maulers on that line. And this was a good line that had injury problems last year, by the way. I don't Halapulavati Vitae got hurt like in week one. Like they, they had guys who were in and out of that lineup and they still had a great offensive line and a great, this is a great spot for David Montgomery. 
Um, DeAndre yeah. Swift might end up being a guy I'll probably dabble in just because of the talent, Drake. Because if he falls, I, I want to keep it consistent with the lessons that I was talking about a few weeks ago on the show. If DeAndre Swift ends up as a seventh or eighth round running back, I have to sit there and say, what's the best case for this guy? Because he is explosive. And But I think David Montgomery will go ahead of DeAndre Swift, should go ahead of DeAndre Swift. It's going to be a fair, um, that'll be a fair outcome. And I think that's what's going to happen. When you're talking about team building too in your fantasy drafts, and trust me, we got a whole summer of this ahead of us. I want DeAndre Swift as like my third or fourth back. If I mean, oh, yeah. fourth might be pushing it, but definitely I want him as my third. I don't want to have to count on him every single week because that's a good recipe for not making the playoffs. Uh, you know, we, we talk about playoffs. We talk about underdog rankings and all this. If you don't want to worry about setting a lineup, you just want to go to underdog and draft your team in best ball. Folks, there's no better way to do it than using our code fantasy PTS. You go over to underdog fantasy, download the app, right? Use the code fantasy PTS. We're going to match your first time deposit up to $100. And that's not all. You use our code fantasy PTS. You're going to get a fantasypoints.com standard subscription for just $5. All the data, all the articles, all the amazingness that's going to help you win cash checks and hoist trophies, as I like to say, for $5. Again, underdog fantasy, code fantasy PTS. All right. We're talking fantasy running backs here. And if Jamal Williams and the big wiggle is on the move, where's he going? Well, he's going to the saints and the saints have all sorts of things going on. Uh, it, when I look at what fantasy points data has to say about Jamal Williams, they say he finished with the third worst missed tackles per rate attempt at 0.12 among running backs with 150 carries. And he finished with the fourth lowest explosive run rate at 2.7 to me. You know what this is telling me, Joe? This is a guy who just got paid off scoring a bunch of one-yard touchdowns. Like, he's not an explosive player. Not at all. But he also is reliable at the goal line. He can play three downs. Um, and he's got a team leader mentality, which is why, quite frankly, Drake, I was surprised the Lions moved on from him. But the Lions saw an opportunity to improve. And I think the Saints see an opportunity. They're probably going to need a back to handle 60 to 70 percent of the snaps for i would say at least a month of the season right if we presume alvin Kamara is going to get suspended stemming from the legal situation um in vegas last year's pro bowl and i think they viewed jamal williams as somebody who could do that i would also anticipate the saints being a team that could entertain drafting a running back um as alvin Kamara's explosiveness maybe has kind of gone down maybe his reliability has gone down i kind of like jamal williams where he was getting drafted last year, if not even a little bit earlier. We know he was a league winner last year as like a ninth, 10th round running back. Where do you think he's going to get drafted here as the summer, um, as the summer goes on? I think right now his ADP is at 113. Elvin Kamara's, by the way, is at 95. I'd love to see a guy like Sean Tucker, again, homer play out of Syracuse, but Sean Tucker gets comped to Elvin Kamara a lot. He could come in there, take over this backfield, a year from now when maybe they move on from Alvin Kamara. Uh, if Kamara is suspended, it's all going to come down to who else they add. And if they draft somebody else, if they don't add anyone else of note, and I believe Mark Ingram is still on this team, 
Uh, Jamal Williams stock will shoot way up. You'll see people taking him in like the fourth or fifth round as their second running back. Mark, um, Mark Ingram's got to be like the, the um, Stephen Roots character in office space. He's like, just the worst. Uh, who, uh, Milton, um, uh, Milton, I believe you have my stapler. Uh, the, the, like where he's just, he's buried in the office and they just, he's still Forgot he's there. there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think they, they consider him much of a factor here. Uh, with Jamal Williams going, but yeah, Jamal Williams is the exact kind of guy who you're never excited to draft him, um, but coaches love him, and there's something to be said for that. And remind and reminder that Dennis Allen is a defensive minded head coach, so he's mm-hmm. gonna love that grinding leader leader mentality. Pete Carmichael comes from the Sean Payton background. I mean, Pete Carmichael was throwing David Johnson onto the field last year. Like they're gonna use Jamal Williams, they're gonna use him quite a bit. And he's going to have a new quarterback. Derek Carr is now the signal caller in the Big Easy. And he's going to have an, a new weapon for him, but familiar to Saints fans as Michael Thomas. Remember him of fantasy fame past? He signed a contract, I believe, for up to $10 million, which blew my mind. I'm like, what in the world? Like, the Saints just love giving out bad contracts, but that's neither here nor there. What do you think of Derek Carr in New Orleans now on a team that, if we're going to this new offense, I mean, this is more of a horizontal raid, as we saw uh, in uh, the time in in uh, and, uh, the timeout in uh, the Chargers, right? I'm sorry, yeah. blanking here. I've had three sips of my uh, New England IPA, and I'm already like off the deep end. So Derek Carr can play that. You mean the Raiders? Derek, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Derek. Well, I'm talking uh, Derek Carr here with the Saints. Yes. So the Saints. With now you got Jamal Williams. We're talking this receiving core, right? Yeah. Is you know we liked what we saw last year out of Chris Olave. We get Michael Thomas. Maybe he's healthy. You know we know he can catch a lot of balls underneath. Uh, you know you're going to take some shot plays to Rashid Shahid. Can Derek Carr be a low end fantasy starter in one quarterback leagues, or is he just you're resigning him to the bench and just two QB leagues only? He's a, he's a bench guy to me. Um, he has one finish as a top twelve uh, top twelve fantasy quarterback. He was finished as quarterback ten that year. Um, he's been a high, a high to mediocre backup, and I don't I don't see how how that's going to change. Why would that change this year? He had Devontae Adams last year. He had Devon and and it. Far be it for me to say he had Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller last year because those guys spent a lot of time injured. Mm-hmm. But can we trust Michael Thomas? Michael no. Thomas, who's played oh, like God, eight no. games in the last three years. Jarvis Landry's a free agent. I do like Rashid Shahid. That's a guy who, I mean, you get to the end of, you get into the teen rounds, the teenage rounds of underdog drafts, just auto-pick Rashid Shahid because you would have to think there's going to be at least two games where he's going to come through for you. But Derek Carr has never been one who's put up big-time numbers. Now, Chris Olave was wide receiver 26 last year as a rookie. I think Chris Olave is somebody, and Derek Carr showed last year, he can get the ball to a big-time target. He's done it before. Chris Olave, I think people are going to be very excited about. Um, he's going in – I think he's a third-round pick right now, an underdog. I think he's going to be part of that end-of-the-second, early third-round group where – you know, oh, I don't have Chris Olave on this team, so I'm going to draft him in the second round here, something like that. I think he's somebody who can help Chris Olave. I'm just not sure Derek Carr is the kind of quarterback 
who succeeds in the fantasy game these days. No, no. Derek Carr is all about throwing the ball out of bounds when there is an ounce of pressure in his face so he doesn't take a sack. Uh, he just, to me, I've always felt that. And I know, you know, he gets this A dot that looks high and it looks like he throws the ball down the field. If you watch Derek Carr games, he does not throw the football down the field. He's very, very careful with the ball, does not want to turn it over. Uh, so that's what's going on in New Orleans. What about where Derek Carr came from? They've got a new quarterback too, much better hair. Jimmy Garoppolo signed a three-year, $67.5 million deal, including $34 million guaranteed. Man, it is good being a quarterback. I'd rather, I don't know if I would, I'd rather have the money or the hair, to be honest. But he's going <laughs> Derek Carr, yeah, or uh, Bob, uh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. How about hey, that? It's like a Hallmark hunk. The young lady who was uh, drawing <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo every day until he uh, moved teams, and finally she could put that. Uh, that yeah, bit I to thought bad she. Uh, what she, she probably thought she was going to do it for like three weeks or something. <laughs> and it ended <laughs> up being over a calendar year. Um, from a fantasy perspective, this is kind of lateral, right? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be a starter, mm-hmm. but he's somebody we know. When he played, Debo Samuel's numbers were better. When he played, Brandon Ayuk's numbers were better. He's quarterbacked George Kittle to some great fantasy season. Now, of course, we know they traded their star tight end. We will get to that. To me, I think he can get the ball to Devontae Adams. I think he'll get the ball to Jacoby Myers. I'm okay drafting Devontae Adams early. The other, Jacoby Myers, this was a weird fit to me. Um, I liked, I thought the value was there. That was a weird fit to me. Yeah, and I think he's Jimmy, not going to play in the slot. Now you've got Hunter Renfro there. Well, he's going to have to how, play outside. How much do they trust Hunter Renfro? Now I will say this, Jacoby Myers did average more yards per route run on the outside last year than in the slot, despite running 70% of his routes from the slot. So maybe that, maybe they think there's untapped potential there for Jacoby Myers, but Jimmy Garoppolo, um, he's not a big play quarterback. He's not somebody who's going to try to make the wow throw, but he, I, I think, look, Josh McDaniels is very familiar with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, time together in, in New England. I think there's an archetype for a kind of quarterback he wants, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo was drafted by Bill Belichick to be that kind of quarterback. Now, Josh McDaniels is running the show himself, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo, that non-risk taker, um, guy who's going to deliver the ball accurately. Um, he's been more accurate than Derek Carr, by the way, the last two years. Garoppolo was 17th in catchable throws last year, well ahead of Der- Derek Carr, who was 26th. Garoppolo was more accurate than Carr in 2021. Jimmy G in 2021 was actually third in accurate throws two years ago per fantasy points data at 84.9%. So I think Josh McDaniel simply views him as somebody who is going to put the ball where it should go more often than Derek Carr was doing those things. And that's why he was excited to make this signing. Graham in his article also notes now that Darren Waller is a giant and Mac Hollins and Foster Moreau are free agents. The Raiders have 225 targets, 97 of them, which went to tight ends available for the taking. I know a lot of people fuss over these, uh, you know, available target numbers, but again, that's 40.5% a target share that's available. And now we're letting Jacoby Myers 
into this offense. Jacoby Myers could be a super sneaky PPR play for folks because we know that Devontae Adams is going to go in the first round. And Jacoby Myers, with his current underdog ADP of 92, I mean, I, I think he that'll could, go up. That'll go yeah, up. Yeah, I think he, he could outkick that. So we mentioned that Darren Waller was traded to the New York Giants. I had a lot to say about this on Twitter, and some of my giant fan friends came back at me thinking, oh, you're just a giant hater because you're an Eagles fan. Well, kind of. But <laughs> here's my thoughts. Uh, when I look at you're taking a 30-year-old tight end and you're going to say hey we want you to now go to a colder climate you are habitually missing games with uh, hamstring injuries and we're going to just now automatically put you into this offense and you're going to be our number one weapon I got I got issues with that Joe because if you look at the last few years I, I I think the stat is something like he's missed like 20 games over the last few years I mean this guy's over you know 30 years old this isn't like you're taking on some young spry guy. Histories of hamstring injuries don't go away. Look at Kadarius Tony. He's a young kid. He can't get over it. So, so I, it's a yeah. third round pick. It's good upside because listen, there's no wide receivers for the Giants to go get. I get that. So I'm not shitting on the pick uh, that went there or whatever. It's just, I'm going to pump the brakes for fantasy. All right. He's not the Travis Kelsey 2.0. So this is one where I, I think I'm fit. I think it's fair to be kind of skeptical of Waller, but also not dislike the move from the Giants' perspective at all. Look, it was no, the absolutely. It was the 100th pick in the draft, which is you know you can get a good player for that, but in theory, Darren Waller's a good player. He has missed 14 games the last two seasons. I thought last year he was some kind of just underutilized, even when he was playing. Last year. He ran nearly 90% of his routes detached from the formation. Only one tight end, that being Mark Andrews, per fantasy points data, ran more routes detached from the formation than did Darren Waller. And so I think from Joe Shane's perspective, this is like, he was like, I've called around the league. We know there is no alpha dog X receiver on the free agent market. They're really a, the, the, the Bengals have shown zero interest, at least to this point, in trading T. Higgins. Now, could somebody come free closer to draft time the way A.J. Brown did last year? Sure, that could happen. And I would anticipate the Giants would be interested in that. But I think he was also looking at it from, well, we just can't wait around to see if the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow falls into our laps. We've got to try to make sure we're equipped going forward to make a move that we think is going to help the team. And because there was no X receiver out there on the market who I thought was a game changer, who they thought was a game changer, and there's not one in this draft. Now, somebody could develop into one, but nobody's thought of on that Jamar Chase level in this draft. The Giants are like, all right, Darren Waller, kind of misused last year. Yeah, he was hurt. We think he can play X receiver. We think he can be a big slot receiver because that's what he was. Remember, he used to be a wide receiver. So we're going to make this move, and he's going to become our number one receiver. Look at that roster. They signed Paris Campbell. They re-signed Sterling Shepard. There's no guarantee at all Sterling Shepard's going to be ready for the year. There's no guarantee he's even going to be on the team. Paris Campbell's always hurt. Wondell Robinson's still hurt. Wondell Robinson's still hurt. And those three guys are certain type of guys, none of them being an X receiver. Darren Waller can be that guy in theory for them. So I think it was a creative move. 
if he starts getting drafted in the top 60 picks of fantasy drafts, I'm probably not going to be involved in Darren Waller this year. But I understand in theory why people would be excited about him. Yeah, I mean, his ADP right now is 91. I want to go back to Fantasy Points data here where he said he led all tight ends with an A dot of 13.6, but finished last with just 2.9 yards of yak per reception among 44 qualifying tight ends. That is like Zach Ertz level catch it and fall down. You know, it's like we're not seeing Darren Waller catching the ball and streaking down the seam anymore. I, I don't know if those days are gone, but was he misused? You know. Was it the role last year? It's possible, but yet, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Drake, you're right. He's had two, he's had lower leg injuries in back to back years. That's mm-hmm. going to sap you of your explosiveness when you're over 30 years old. It's going to sap you of your explosiveness at any point. Um, but I kind of understand why the Giants made this move. I'm not knocking the move. I'm just like, I don't think this is a seismic changer and i don't think that move was really available to the giants this offseason yeah it's I, I found my stat there appeared in 20 games over the last two seasons in the eight games he finished in 2022 he only topped 60 yards twice so let's go from the new york giants to their division rival the philadelphia eagles they lost their running back miles sanders we'll get to that momentarily but they signed rashad penny Twitter blew up, Joe, and you, you and I, we're Eagles fans, so we're tuned into all this, thinking, you know, the second coming of Jim Brown just happened. Folks, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to go out on a limb. Rashad Penny is not signed to be the Miles Sanders replacement. It's a one-year, $600,000 guaranteed deal with a possibility for more. $600,000. That's it. That's nothing. They could cut him in training camp if he looks like crap, all right? But we know, Joe, when Penny's healthy, which is rare over his four-year career, he can look great. He's played, and I stole this from Graham's article, he's played 42 of 82 possible games. That's why the contract's so low. And per Fantasy Points data, he ranked second in explosive run rate at 10.5 in 2022 of all running backs with 50 or more carries. And he led the NFL in yards after contact per carry, 4.37. That is awesome. And their whole risk on this, Joe, is we got a kick-ass offensive line. We're going to have a stable full of backs. If this kid stays healthy, we're paying him nothing, and it's going to be all upside from here. So I get that. I'm going to – And they're not done. They're going to add another back. Uh, This is – and I I know this is being like – this is the Dolan go-to, but it really is. Rashad Penny is – all this stuff is price-dependent. If everybody buys into the hype and, oh, the Eagles got the great offensive line and Rashad Penny is a top 60 pick for fantasy – Good luck. I mean, but I understand why Howie Roseman made this move. First and foremost, Mm -hmm. good for Miles Sanders. We'll talk about his contract. I am stunned he got four years, and I'm glad he did because I want to see guys get paid at that position. But here's what Howie Roseman's thinking. On the same day they, they, they signed Rashad Penny, they brought back Boston Scott. They have Kenny Gainwell. Trey Sermon's still there. What I saw from him in San Francisco did not suggest to me he had an NFL future. But again, he was a third-round pick, the kind of guy it's worth taking a flyer on. Here is Howie Roseman's thinking with this Rashad Penny move. Yes, we know he's always hurt. Chances are he's going to get hurt again. Mm -hmm. But we'll be okay. Our running game will be just fine if Rashad Penny's hurt. But he's doing the dole in here. All right, you know, Miles Sanders was a ninth-round pick last year in fantasy, and we never asked ourselves, what's the best-case scenario? Howie Rosen's sitting there thinking, what's the best-case scenario with Rashad Penny? 
Let's not let's let's even rule 17 games out. Let's say he plays 13 games. Howie Rosen's probably saying to himself, if we get 12, 13 games out of this guy, he's running for a thousand yards. And he's gonna and create he, big plays. And so I get why I get why he he did that. And he's not a grinder. He's not a guy, you know, I think a lot of people think of him as this like big bulky guy, like, oh, you gotta give him 25 carries. That ain't gonna happen in this offense. They're going to spread it around. Oh, by the way, you still have Jalen Hurts. So he's not going to also, I, I don't think, be in line for a ton of goal line work because we know Hurts is going to get some, Gainwell, Scott gets some, and he is a zero in the pass game. So was Miles Sanders, by the way. Last yeah, year. I mean, we're looking at, I'm talking targets. His career high in targets is 12. That was his yeah. rookie year. I mean, that's being a zero. In a PPR league, what are you doing? There's going to be a lot of weeks where Miles, or excuse me, Miles Sanders, Rashad Penny scores just six points because he runs for 60 yards, doesn't score a touchdown. And by the way, that's what Miles, Miles Sanders needed to score for you last year uh, for him to really come through for fantasy. Um, he scored 11 touchdowns because the Eagles had a great offense and they have a great offensive line. Obviously, Jason Kelsey's back, um, which is which is a big factor for that. But that was kind of, I think that's kind of Roseman's spin on the running backs don't matter, right? He's like, well, they do and they don't. Our offense is not going to go in the hole because a running back got hurt. But if this guy is healthy, our offense is going to ascend to a different level. And I think that was his thinking. And and honestly, I do think it's a pretty smart move for a guy who, look, I I said the only I, I, I thought Miles Sanders had a chance to be back because I wondered what the market would be for him. The market for Miles Sanders was obviously better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I didn't, I did not anticipate him getting a four-year deal. I thought the Eagles might decide to re-sign him just because the market wouldn't be there. And, but Howie Roseman was not going to be somebody who was going to be out there. You know, if let's just say Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs hit the free agent market, I, Howie Roseman was not going to be somebody dabbling in those guys. You and I have already said, I'm getting drunk and jumping off my roof. If he uses a top 10 pick <laughs> on B. John Robinson, that's not happening. You know, I, I think Howie Roseman values the position, but he understood that this offense is going to be good whether or not they have a big-time running back. And I think he saw Rashad Penny as a chance to acquire a big-time running back for virtually nothing in the event where, he's healthy, which he probably won't be. But Where, where do you want to draft Penny next year? I think sixth, seventh round is fair. Um, My guess is and maybe because I'm just a sucker and I thought he played well at the end of the year is I'll probably end up with a lot more Kenny Gainwell than I do with Rashad Penny. Because if anything, if the discourse from the fantasy community after the Rashad Penny sign, I mean, I literally saw multiple people say, man, he could lead the league in rushing there. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, let's, let's pump the brakes. I mean, might not lead the team in rushing. Yeah. Well, yeah, Jalen Hurts <laughs> probably will, but uh, it, but right. I mean, if people are going to be that excited, then Rashad Penny's going to be way too expensive for me. Yeah, I want to see Penny. what happens when the general public gets their hands on it because the general public always, always falls into, oh, he's always hurt. Yeah. And then the, the, the ADP gets suppressed. If you want to value folks on underdog using our code fantasy PTS, Kenny Gainwell's ADP is 123 right now. So we talked about Miles Sanders. He reached a four year, $25 million contract with 13 million guaranteed to go to the Carolina Panthers fresh off a 1200 yard season and Super Bowl run with the Eagles. 
Sanders is going to take the reins of this Panthers backfield that last year was top 10 in rushing yards, and Carolina ran the fourth most running plays by percentage in 2022 at 45.8%. Now, like we just mentioned, Sanders never known as a great receiver, but there's a real chance, Joe, that they look at Miles Sanders and they go, listen, Chief, we need some help here. Have you seen our wide receivers? It's LaVisca Chenault and Terrace Marshall. We're throwing you the damn ball. Miles Sanders, by the way, one of the weirdest careers for a running back in terms of a receiver I've ever seen. He caught 50 passes for 509 yards and three touchdowns as a rookie. He has no receiving touchdowns since, hasn't exceeded 200 yards receiving in a season since, and hasn't exceeded seven yards per reception since. Wow. It's like he completely lost his confidence as a receiver. Remember, he had some problems with drops. He's had some fumbling issues. Just bizarre. But you wonder if now he's in a spot where there's not going to be as much pressure on him. You know, like he got his contract. He got paid. Is there untapped potential with Miles Sanders as a receiver? I mean, look, how many how many running backs have 500 receiving yards as a rookie, Drake? I mean, that's pretty damn good. And he's done jack shit in that department since. <laughs> that's crazy. Catching 50 balls as a rookie. And like I said, Carolina is offensively going to be pretty bad. They're likely going to be starting a rookie quarterback. They did sign Andy Dalton, but they've got the number one pick. We'll see if they trade down or what they want to do here. But they're going to have a rookie quarterback who, for all intents and purposes, is going to play 90% of their snaps for this season. They have absolutely nothing at wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, tight end, who cares? And it's, it's literally the Miles Sanders show. I mean, he could just be fed touches in this offense. He, again, could be super undervalued just because we don't look at what's the best case opportunity for Miles Sanders on what's probably a crappy team in, in Carolina. But the division sucks. Why couldn't they be competitive? Yeah, so um, uh, I view Miles Sanders as, as a guy who I think a lot of people just think stinks. And, okay, fair enough. Um. But he's going to get touches here. Carolina ran the ball very effectively last year, uh, even after trading, especially after trading Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he just got paid. So you know he's going to get De – Deontay Foreman's gone. Chuba Hubbard stinks. We know that. I, I think Miles Sanders has an opportunity. He's once again going to be one of those dead zone running backs because everybody thinks Carolina is going to be terrible. And Carolina is going to be terrible. But rookie quarterback, if they get the right one – Maybe they'll be a little frisky. Uh, and Frank Reich, so Miles Sanders knows the system because he played under Doug Peterson. He knows Deuce Staley, who's the running backs coach there. I think this is a guy that these that these guys targeted. And I think that bodes well for Miles Sanders. The money bodes very well for Miles Sanders. Dude, you know what I'm thinking? What if Carolina shot themselves in the foot here? Like, they're going to be bad. Right. You could have just rolled with Andy Dalton anyways. You could be just bad enough to get the number one pick next year and get Caleb Williams. <laughs> and then you would have to trade all those picks. Yeah. So remember, by the way, there's also still talk that they might trade down from the number one pick. Mm -hmm. if they find another quarterback they like. I, I don't know if you make that move, but they also still, by the way, have plenty of draft capital because they traded christian mccaffrey last year and picked up all those picks I, carolina is such a fascinating team this offseason. Yeah. 
What if they don't take a quarterback? There's no way you make that trade and not take a quarterback. <laughs> like that would be. That would I don't be trust David Tepper dumb. at all. That would be beyond dumb, Drake. Oh like, my god, so dumb. I love it if they just do all that and they're like, "Yep, we're just going to grab like defensive tackles and offensive linemen. We're oh building a core for Caleb Williams next bad. That would be so <laughs> bad. No, they're drafting quarterback. They got it. Or right, at least go- they're using it in a Lamar Jackson trade. Yeah. Hey, why not? Uh, let's talk about the Eagles' other division rival, the Dallas Cowboys, who released Ezekiel Elliott after seven seasons. So in that time, the former fourth overall pick amassed over $70 million his time in Big D. The team won Get just two. Young, yeah, the team won two playoff games in that time, which begs the question, is it worth taking a running back that high? And if so, should you extend him? That's a conversation for another day, but quickly, yeah, I mean, they – they could have had Jalen Ramsey with the next pick, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. Like, in, uh, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. This one's so obvious. And, I mean, there were Cowboys fans at the time who were saying, why don't we just take Jalen Ramsey at four and Derrick Henry in the second round? That would have worked out a hell of a lot better for the Dallas Cowboys that year. Of course, if you're doing the draft over again, you have to take Dak Prescott that high. So, you know, you lucked out. You got no, – nobody's uh, nobody's arguing the value of Zeke Elliott if, if – Dak Prescott was taken fourth overall and Zeke Elliott was taken in the fourth round, right? It's mm-hmm. just, they just happen to luck out with the quarterback. I'm, I'm not blaming the Cowboys winning only two playoff games on Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Um, that's not his fault. He did everything he could to help them win those playoff games. I mean, and also you go back to the argument. Well, the Detroit lions never won a playoff game with Matthew Stafford. Did that mean it wasn't worth addressing Matthew Stafford? Number one overall. Um, That's a quarterback versus a running back, though. I yeah, mean, no, I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to tell you, unless it's like a situation like, then this is why people are trying to talk about the Eagles drafting B. John Robinson. Unless, that's why I bring this up. because it, Unless it, it, it's a situation like that where we know the team's loaded and they somehow fell ass backwards into a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles still aren't doing it, by the way. They're still not drafting B. John Robinson. No. Um, no, it, like, no, you shouldn't draft a running back at fourth overall. But Zeke Elliott was a damn good running back. Like, he was really good. Really, and they good. could, not, they actually, they could have gotten out of it cheaper if they just, uh, you know, hit him with the franchise tag twice versus giving him that mm-hmm. extension. But again, besides the point. So the Dallas backfield is going to look drastically different than we've seen it over the last seven years. That's because Tony Pollard and his broken leg are going to get all sorts of draft hype this season. Pollard, of course, he finished. Should as a top 10 PPR running back, despite missing some time with injuries. And he's currently coming off the board at running back 13. I fully assume Dallas is going to add a running back or two. Uh, now, that's kind of a bad injury, though. Tony Pollard's coming off here. Yeah. I, I, is this maybe a redshirt year for him? Or uh, are you I don't still think he's redshirting. All in? No, 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 no. No, I, I'm saying for fantasy, maybe oh, you look oh. at it as a redshirt year. And go like, you know what? I'm going to wait a year on Tony Pollard. Uh, if he starts sneaking into the second round, it might be for me. Um, his underdog ADP, I'm looking at March 6th. So this is 10 days ago before free agency. It was 38-3, which is early four, late third, early fourth. Mm-hmm. That was pre-Zeke getting released. Oof. Zeke could help some teams, by the way. I mean, he could go out and just be a, that – goal line grinder which he's still very good at by the way sure i mean you look at a team like i mean could he go to kansas city i'm thinking of a good team like that i mean they got pacheco but maybe he wants to go somewhere on the cheap yeah there's maybe cincinnati with with what's going on with joe mixon cincinnati could save a lot of money if they release joe mixon um samaje p ryan's gone so you think zeke elliott can come in there and do um 
something like that. Uh, Tampa Bay. I don't know why they've released Leonard Fournette and just move on to Zach, uh, Zeke Elliott, but Tampa Bay, you would think he's going to be the backup to, to Rashad White, right? So you would think that's going to be um, the situation there. He could be the backup to Rashad White. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely teams that are going to sign Ezekiel Elliott, and I think he'll be there in a part-time role, and I could already see us getting frustrated because he's going to end up late career Marcus Allen, right? He's I'm going to you, be the goal line guy. You know where he's going to end up because – why not the Jets? He'll go to the Jets and he'll suck all of the energy out of Brees Hall. And then, you know, they'll go like, oh, look, we've got, and then oh, we want to just nurse Brees Hall back to health. And then, boop, here's Ezekiel in there. But who knows? We'll see where he goes. Uh, he's so- going to be annoying for fantasy because I really could see that. Although, I mean, I think he's like 10 years younger than Marcus Allen was at the end of Marcus Allen's career. Like Marcus Allen with the Chiefs. That guy, like, he was in a running back rotation when he was with the Chiefs, but he scored, like, 12 touchdowns a year because that was yeah. his role and he was good at it. And I, Zeke's good at that. I mean, and I think Dallas, he'll continue to be good at that. This Dallas team was top 10 in rushing yards last year. We know they are not afraid to run the football. Mike McCarthy taking over play-calling duties here. They've gone out and said that they want to run the football more here. So Tony Pollard and whoever else comes in here is going to have exceptional value. Uh, we just talked about it a second ago, but how high is too high for you on Tony Pollard in drafts? Second round, I think. Okay. I, I, I want to see the progress, but I mean, the guy, if he's the same guy he was last year or, or 90% of that guy, he's a league winner because you know, Dallas is going to run it. Dallas still, there's, there's, there's still time, but Dallas, I think is still a receiver short. Um, I guess they're talking to Odell Beckham. Does that move the needle for you? I'm not sure it does for me, but we'll see. Um, but Tony Pollard is going to be one of those fascinating case studies because I feel like the hype is going to be just people because people in the fantasy community. And and I think they were proven right last year have been yelling for years. Oh my God. They got to give Pollard more touches. They got to give Pollard more touches. Uh, And then they finally did give Pollard more touches. And he had these massive games last year. I mean, Far and like the in the games that Ezekiel Elliott didn't play last year, I mean Tony Pollard was lapping the field at the running back position. I, I think they want to use him like, but he was verstappening them. <laughs> I think they kind of want to use him almost in like a DeAndre Swift type role, where they want to have another guy to maybe take that pounding you know, in the middle of the field and then. Let's get him out on the edges. I want him there for the explosive plays. I don't need Tony Pollard running into the back of a guard on first and, and 10 from, you know, their own 20. I don't need that. But I, w- I want him in the red zone and, and, you know, whenever they're on the edge the, to get the ball. Let me hit you with some running back rapid fire here on the Two Point Stance podcast. I'll whip out a few things uh, that came out wrong. So uh, I'll say some running back and where they went. You tell me your instant fantasy analysis, Mr. Dolan. Samaje Pirine and the Broncos reached an agreement on a two-year $7.5 million deal with $1 million uh, in incentives. Per fantasy points data, Pirine's 2.79 yards after contact was better than teammate Joe Mixon's last year, uh, but his 1.1% explosive play rate ranked dead last among 55 Backs. What do you think of Samaje P. Ryan going to Denver where Javante Williams is still beat up? He is uh, a good pass protector who can catch the ball and he's good in short yardage. Sean Payton's going to love this guy. I'm going to have a ton of Samaje P. Ryan this year. 
James Robinson signed with the New England Patriots. Obviously, this means Damian Harris isn't coming back to Beantown. The Pats backfield, of course, still led by Ramondre Stevenson, but don't forget about second-year players Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong. What do you think of this? He got a lot of money for James Robinson. I am not terribly impressed with this. The Patriots' track record in free agency is not impressive to me, at least the recent track record in free agency. This is way too much money, I think, for James Robinson. I'm willing to be proven wrong. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Harris outplays him in preseason. Miami decided to bring back all three of their running backs. A week ago, they had no running backs on the roster. Now they've got the exact same three guys. This team was bottom 10 in rushing yards last year. Are you excited at all about Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, or Miles Gaskin? Yeah, um, if, if it's still going to be guy, these guys getting drafted in the 10th round or later, I actually liked drafting Miami's running backs last year because all of them were getting drafted in the um, in the double-digit rounds, and it might happen again. If Raheem most if, if, if any of these guys sneak into like the seventh or eighth round, no. But I could see myself dabbling in these running backs again for sure. Raheem Mostert's ADP on underdog one sixty six. Jeff Wilson at one eighty six. Oh, those are auto picks. Yeah. Whew. Uh, I mean, now uh, I think a lot of that's held back because those guys were free agents and were free agents who were not expected to get a lot of money. I think they both got a little bit more security than I thought they were. Let's quickly go over to the wide receivers here. These two guys are kind of tied to each other in, in a way. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster leaves the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, goes to the New England Patriots, and the Patriots uh, star receiver. Uh, uh, why do I, I always blank Myers. on Jacoby Myers' name? Yeah. Son of Jacoby a gun, Myers. Jacoby Myers. He's out of town. We already talked about him a little bit going uh, to the desert and play with the Raiders. So Juju to the Patriots. Somehow this team gets slower. I mean, uh, this is just a bad signing. Um, man, I hated Juju in fantasy last year. And he was one of those guys who like, if you were down on Juju or if you were high on Juju, you could both kind of claim you were right. You know, like, I mean, I think he was like the wide receiver 33, but he had some big games. Um, I think I, I it, it was proven to me why Juju did not command much on the free agent market last year. I thought this was a bad signing. I think they replaced Jacoby Myers with worse Jacoby Myers. I have zero interest in Juju Smith-Schuster for fantasy next year. Especially if people are going to be like, well, there's a lot of targets there. Well, yeah, have fun with those. Have fun with those targets. It's funny that both players signed three-year, $33 million contracts. Of course, Jacoby got $21 million guaranteed. I think he even tweeted something yeah. like, like, wait, it's the same contract. Like, why yeah, apparently Juju's me? is actually for less, um, but, you know. You get what you pay for. I think they got a worse version of Jacoby Myers. All right. And I guess if we're going to end things, we might as well talk about Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard ending up with the New York football jets. Lazard to the Not Packers. <laughs> on a, yeah, well, true. Lazard's going there though. Four years, 44 million, 22 million guaranteed. I honestly, I get why they're doing it because they want to get Aaron Rodgers. Other than that, there's no need for Alan Lazard to go to the New York Jets. He's going to be their third best receiver. I mean, barring Elijah Moore getting traded, which might be better for Elijah Moore at this point. I think, Drake, we should probably dedicate a longer conversation to the Aaron Rodgers thing next week. Um, we could do like a whole podcast on it. I think Alan Lazard is a good receiver. I don't think Alan Lazard's a $44 million wide receiver. Per I, I, fantasy, oh, this is a great line. Per fantasy points data, Lazard averaged 2.2 yards per route run in the slot compared to just 1.7 yards per route run on the outside. 
So and he was more of a deep threat. He had the seventh highest a dot among wide receivers, at least hundred targets last year. But I mean, you've already got really good receivers in, in New York. There's no need for this. They have to be shipping off Elijah Moore in this trade. And, and I get why jet fans are happy. And we'll talk about this more next week, but I mean, they've, they've had terrible quarterbacks. If you can get Aaron Rodgers, but there's one thing I want to say is this, these fans out here talking like, okay, they're going to get a number one, maybe multiple number one. It's like, what are you, what are you smoking here? They're going to get like a fourth for Aaron Rodgers. You're not trading multiple first round picks or a first round pick to pay $50 million. It ain't going to happen. I think Packers fans are just sick of this guy um, and probably should be at this point. I think it's time to go, but we'll, we'll discuss the Rodgers thing next week. I mean, there's a lot here and I understand why Jets fans are excited about it. I, I probably would be too. If I was, if I, if the best quarterback in the past 15 years for my franchise is Mark Sanchez. So, I mean, I mean, literally like they had a year with Fitz. I mean, even Favre, like, of course they got, they got the, uh, they got the, the, the uh, middle year, the lean year for Favre. And then he went to Minnesota the next year and had like the best year of his entire career. Like like, like, even the poor Jets couldn't even get decent Favre. Um, I don't know how this is going to work out for the Jets. I do know giving Alan Lazard $44 million is a choice, especially since this is a team that I didn't really view as a team that needed a wide receiver. But, you know, yeah, they're at the service not... of Rodgers. Finally, I want to tell you this funny story. So, uh, you know, by trade during the day, I am a liquor salesman. So I'm constantly in bars. I go to this bar today. It's about, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. There's two guys sitting at a table. I think they work at the restaurant. And they're talking about football. So I just kind of sit down at the next table. I overhear him. And one guy's talking. He's like a Jets fan, you can tell. He's like, yeah, man, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Jets almost made the playoffs last year. And the other guy was like, what do you mean almost made the playoffs? What does that mean? Who cares almost made the playoffs? So this guy's talking himself into the Jets are going to be good. We're going to get Aaron Rodgers. And we got Lazard in the defense. And then he pauses. And then he kind of just looks down and he goes, who am I kidding? We're the Jets. We're going to be terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> Then he I, went in and started talking about Edwin Diaz and the Mets. I got caught. I feel oh, bad for this guy. Oh, why? Are you a baseball guy, Drake? Uh, I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, so, I mean, I everything that bad fan. that can happen to the the Mets happens to the Mets. As you saw, their closer got hurt celebrating during the World Baseball Classic. How, did, There's did typical talk? Mets. That's classic New York Mets. Oh, uh, it's uh, – yeah. I, I hate the New York Mets because I'm a Phillies fan. But, I mean, it's a shame. I mean uh, – the. the Jets, Jets, Mets fans need this Rodgers thing to happen. They've got to have this to take their minds off of it. We'll discuss Aaron Rodgers next week. Uh, Hey, Drake, who knows if the deal will even be done by next week after all this crap? Uh, What if he just decides to retire? Yeah, you never. Hey, then uh, he can get Alan Lazard to buy him some drinks, at least in the the darkness retreat 2.0. But all right, folks, enjoy your St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully your brackets don't bust by the time you are listening to this. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Just search Fantasy Points and make sure you give us a nice review on iTunes. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Go over to Underdog. Use code FANTASYPTS. We're going to match your first time deposit up to $100. And oh, by the way, you're going to get a $5 subscription to fantasypoints.com. Best deal in the mm-hmm. business. For Mr. Dolan, go enjoy some bourbon in the Penn State Nittany Lions. I am Brian Drake, enjoying absolutely nothing because I'm a Syracuse fan. We'll see you guys next time on the Two Points Day. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Yeah.